we visited the MSU headquarters, so we met with coaches Mel Tucker, Tom Izzo. Super awesome to meet them. We got some great pictures too, so we are so excited to have those colors and their logo on our car. Welcome everyone to the Driving Vision Podcast brought to you by the Ziegler Auto Group. And here with me, Auto Group Director of Talent Development, Mike Van Ryan. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Sam. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like it if you do, and leave a comment. Thanks for joining today's episode of the Driving Vision Podcast. Today, we talk with driver Josh Balicki after his day at Michigan State University, meeting sports legends Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo. Coming up on a future episode, we'll recap Sunday's race at MIS. Then join the team from Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southwest Michigan as we hear how they're driving a vision that's changing the world one mentored youth at a time. As a reminder, it's not too late to buy your ticket to September 12th's Drive for Life Charity Gala in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Every dollar from ticket and auction items go directly to the charities that benefit, including Big Brothers Big Sisters. Go to driveforlifefoundation.com today for more information. But first, let's go to Josh Balicki at Michigan State. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the special edition of the Driving Vision Future of Zag Today podcast with me, NASCAR race car driver Josh Balicki. Josh, welcome. Thank you for having me. I am at Michigan International Speedway right now. I see the track in the background. Pretty quiet right now, but come tomorrow morning, it's going to be really loud. Well, and in fact, Josh, you've had quite the week this week. So this race at MIS marks a seminal event within the history of the Ziegler Auto Group because not only is Ziegler Auto Group continue to be sponsor of the number 77 NASCAR race car, but you have another sponsor on the car and a theme with the car. Tell us about that theme. Yeah, so we have Michigan State University on the car this weekend. The car is not the typical black and yellow. It is white and green. So that is super exciting for us. Today, we visited the MSU headquarters. So we met with coaches Mel Tucker, Tom Izzo. Super awesome to meet them. We got some great pictures too. So we are so excited to have those colors and their logo on our car. That's awesome. So the Ziegler Auto Group partnered with Michigan State on this. Aaron is a booster there, an alum. His son goes to school there. What did it mean to you to be in those iconic places on Michigan State campus and and to get those photos with incredible sports figures in the history of uh, collegiate sports, Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo? Yeah, so it was my first time visiting their campus, and their energy is contagious. They're both excited for the weekend. It's super exciting to have them on our car, just to see their campus and the headquarters. It it meant a lot to me just to meet them and and talk to them. I think I talked to each of them for about five or ten minutes. So that was super special. I know that they have busy days, busy schedules. Uh, They're both in – they're working hard right now, I can tell you that. So for them to take a little bit of time and talk to us about this weekend, I thought that was pretty cool of them. We're super excited to have all the Ziggler employees out with us as well as Michigan State University executives. So did Tom Izzo or Mel Tucker give you any advice coming into this race weekend that seemed exciting or interesting? So I can tell you no real advice because I think both were just fantasized with the car. Tom Izzo asked so many questions about the race car. He was amazed by how tight of a fit it is inside the car. So I got inside the car, showed him how it looks with me in the driver's seat. Um, it's, it is pretty small and claustrophobic in there. So just explaining the car to them and, and what it looks like inside, what all the switches are for, how hot it gets inside the car. Uh, we had a pretty cool talk with both of them. And then Mel, Mel and I talked a little bit. He actually went to University of Madison, Wisconsin, which is where I'm from. So we talked a little bit about Wisconsin. It was just cool to talk to him, I mean, about his career. I mean, he's obviously a legend with what he does. Both of them are. Uh, so just to talk to them and just to get a little bit of their thoughts before the race weekend, I think was really cool. But yeah, both of them had never really seen a NASCAR race car up close. 
Uh, so it was really cool to have that uh, that introduction to them. So you mentioned Tom Izzo being surprised by the space. Did you invite him to get in the car? Did he get in and, and test it himself? He did not. He, he told me he's a little bit claustrophobic. So usually the first time that somebody sits in these cars, they do feel a little bit claustrophobic. So I, invite, I did invite him. I, I invited a couple players as well. I think all of them declined. So there were a couple uh, six foot three, six foot four basketball players out there. Uh, I think they probably would have had a hard time getting in and out because it is a little bit tight. Well, Josh, any uh, final parting comments or thoughts for Team Ziggler? Just so thankful for your support. I mean, between Ziglotter Group, Michigan State University, I think we have over 100 guests here this weekend. So I think that's super awesome. That's super exciting. Best of luck at MIS this weekend. Excited to join you Sunday. Hey, everybody, welcome to the special edition Drive for Life Charity Gala edition of the Future of Zag Today Driving Vision podcast. And Matt, your co-host with me today, we're so excited to have two special guests with Big Brother, Big Sister of Southwest Michigan. So uh, looking forward to an exciting conversation. President CEO, Amy Kukta, welcome. We're super excited to have you here today. And then uh, Director of Marketing and Development, Corey Jock, welcome. So we are excited to have this conversation because Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southwest Michigan is a benefactor through the Drive for Life Charity Gala, which happens in September. Matt, give us some information about when this is and how people can contribute today to the Charity Gala. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. So the gala is Monday, September 12th, and uh, we're excited to have over 650 people that night. And you can still contribute. You can either become a sponsor for the night and you can find that on our website, or you can actually purchase a ticket still. We're still selling tickets for a chance to win $30,000 or the grand prize of a Honda Accord. And all those you can find on our website at driveforlifefoundation.org. And it benefits great organizations like we have on today, Sam. It does. And so every single dollar that's collected through the Drive for Life Charity Gala goes directly to the charities that it benefits. So 100% of the dollars, there's no expense load through the Drive for Life Charity, which is unusual in the charity and, and money raising world. So Amy, tell us a little bit about Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southwest Michigan. What the heck is this charity? What does it do? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us and so grateful for uh, Ziegler and Drive for Life support. Um, yeah, so actually it's pretty exciting. Next year will be our 65th anniversary. Proud oh, to wow. say I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Yeah. And so what our organization does is we serve children and families in our community. And we do that by matching youth with an adult in a one-to-one relationship. And the point of the program and the relationship and the match, as we call it, is really to introduce our youth to new people, places, ideas, have new experiences is really have an additional caring role model in their life because we know we all need role models and mentors, right? And so this is all about providing youth with an additional caring role model and mentor. So super exciting. We serve a few hundred kids a year. We have a four-county area. Um, always really looking for more mentors for our kids because we know there's more youth out there that really would like to be served by our agency. What is it, Amy, about having a mentor? pairing up an adult with a youth that helps create that successful outcome. What is it about having a mentor? Well, you know, first, let me talk a little bit about the process. So we're very intentional with how we match youth with their mentors. So every youth and family and volunteer goes through an interview process to find out like, hey, what are your strengths? What are your interests? Where are you looking to grow? And as we have a pool of kids who are ready for a mentor and then mentors come through, the staff takes a look and says, hey, this mentor will be great with this youth. So 
I'll give you an example. I matched to a great young woman named Chloe. We matched almost 10 years and she was, oh gosh, seven when we were matched. And at that point, you know, I was interested in like museums and reading and bookstores and all of that. Not super athletic, not super girly. So Chloe, you know, was enrolled, her mom enrolled in the program and she had a lot of similar interests. And, you know, I was looking for, you know, a, a girl probably around seven to 10 because my daughter is about that age. And so really they looked at it and said, hey, personalities are similar, interests are similar, you live in somewhat the same area. So they matched us up based on that. And so I think, you know, when you think about any friendship, regardless of if it's through a program or, you know, a friendship that you have just in your own community, it starts based on shared interests, right? And then you build from there. Um, as the connection is made and you begin to know each other and develop, you know, that deeper friendship, the mentorship is important because what the mentor can do, and what I try and do with Chloe is, you know, introduce her to new places and ideas, but also have conversations about the future, right? And the thing I like about mentoring is I'm sure those of you that are parents know, sometimes our kids don't want to listen to things we say, <laughs> but I could say no. the exact same thing to Chloe <laughs> yeah. and she takes it very well, you know, yeah. and so yeah. I'm not her parent or guardian, please understand that, but there's conversations I can have with her that I can be a little more direct than perhaps, you know, her mom can be. Um, and so it's just, it's neat because it's always evolving. Um, but really, it's an additional sounding board and also for the youth, right? Because they sometimes need someone additional to bounce ideas off of or just say, hey, what do you think? What, you know, what's your perspective on this? Uh, which is why the mentoring is important. And, you know, I've never spoken to a successful adult who didn't have a mentor in their life. And so really, that's why, you know, Corey and I love what we do, because we're all about making sure kids do have those additional mentors that they need. Who came up with this idea? Because what a great idea. As you describe this, I'm thinking, I want to be on the mentee side of Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Find some you know adult somewhere that will mentor me. How did this come about, Amy? Sure, I could say I created it, but that wouldn't be accurate. It actually Congratulations. Started, yes, thank you. I'm quite proud. <laughs> no, um, actually, it started in 1904 in New York. That was kind of the beginning of the juvenile justice system. And there was a gentleman by the name of Ernest Coulter who saw these youth coming through the juvenile court system. And you know their kids just need some additional guidance, right? So he created the Big Brother program. So actually, it was always male-driven up until about the 60s, I believe it was, was when they actually added girls. So it just used to be Big Brothers. Until they realized I, it was a big mistake. Yeah. Everybody needs a mentor. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Everybody needs a mentor, yes. Uh, and I think it was in the 70s locally that we added the big sister portion to it. I should know that exact year. Um, so yeah, so that really, it, but it comes out of an identified need of youth who just need a little, you know, extra guidance. Yeah. What a great program to be engaged and involved in. So both of you came on board at certain points. Corey, tell us a little bit about how you decided to join Big Brothers Big Sister and what that looked like going into the decision to join a charity. I knew I was right for Big Brothers Big Sisters long before they knew that I was right for Big Brothers Big Sisters. I love that because that's a business principle. That's awesome. How did you know you were right and they didn't yet? I was looking to close a business and transition out of being an entrepreneur. And I saw this job posting for a development director at Big Brothers Big Sisters. And this was around Thanksgiving, I think in 2016. And I had a quirky small business, but I had a lot of really solid nonprofit experience prior to that. So I knew that my resume was a little bit weird. And I was like, I'm going to send it anyway. I'll write a really great cover letter and hopefully they'll know that we're meant to be. And they didn't. Yeah, so come <laughs> January, I see- Amy, was this your fault, Amy? Did, did uh, Corey's uh, resume come across to help with Big Brothers Big Sisters? It did. And luckily it worked no out. Comment. But at that okay. point, right. we, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Very good. All right, Corey. <laughs> so come January, they have reposted the position. I did not get a call. So I knew that they were interested in me. And I was like, well, okay, I'm going to resubmit my materials. And, you know, just that's what I can do. But then Amy and I happened to be at the same luncheon together. And she was the guest speaker there. And I was like, oh, that's who I wrote my cover letter to. I'm going to go talk to her. <laughs> so that's we had awesome. the opportunity when the luncheon was over, Amy grabs her coat runs for the stairs and I'm like this is my moment this is my chance I race after her and I engaged her in the most awkward conversation two people can have that don't know each other for four flights of stairs so we get out to our cars go merrily on our way and within a half an hour I got a call for a phone interview and the rest is history So, Amy, we love this because at the Driving Vision podcast, one of the topics of this podcast is how do we change the world with our vision? Corey had a vision of herself part of Big Brothers Big Sisters. Obviously, she's been a part of the organization long enough that that's probably proved out to be valuable. But you didn't know that. Your vision was different initially. So, Amy, what was that conversation in the stairwell like? And what was that like to be open to that different vision? Well, if I'm perfectly honest, part of the reason I grabbed my coat and took off is because I heard her name and I was like, oh, gosh, I have it. Interview her. So I was like, I need to get out of here. <laughs> so yeah. She called me in the stairwell and was just, you know, so passionately excited about the agency. So I came back and talked to the director of operations. I was like, we got to at least give her a phone interview, like, you know, props for her. She's either you know, good or she's that. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, we, we did a phone interview and then it was just very smooth sailing after that. Um, but yeah, it is kind of a, a funny story, which I allow Corey to share. I don't necessarily share it, but yeah, it's her story to tell. So but yeah, so no, it, uh, you know, yeah. So what's great about that, Amy and Corey, is it's that type of experience of tenacity and don't give up that you're able to share with these youth that you mentor and mentors are able to share with these youth. Uh, What's the impact of this program? Being able to take an adult's perspective of the world and help youth grow up and become productive members of society. Do you have quantifiable data that kind of shows what the benefit is, Amy? Sure, we do. So, you know, there's the tangible and intangible, right? And so we all know how important relationships are for youth, you know, all youth. Um, But the neat thing is we can actually also study our outcomes for our youth, right? So we're able to say over 90% of the kids in our program feel more successful in peer relationships, which is, you know, when you're a child, that's really kind of how you develop who you are, you know, your peers and the groups that you have. Um, We know that over 90% of our kids feel more uh, prepared for school and do better academically, which, you know, considering everything we've been through the last few years, I think is tremendous. And then really they feel, you know, more connected to the adults, more connected to the community. And, you know, particularly, and I just referenced the last few years, one, there's a significant rise in the number of youth experiencing mental health issues. Actually, you know, all all populations. Um, The Surgeon General, oh gosh, everybody, Surgeon General put out a report last year calling it a mental health crisis for youth. And one of the interventions that Surgeon General said can positively impact this is mentoring. And so really that's, you know, that's a very tangible thing, something that we're very proud of here because um, life's tough enough as it is, right? And then you throw a pandemic in there, but to know that what we do actually really helps create some protective factors for you, it, you know, how can you beat that? So as you describe the benefits 
It's clear there's benefits. You describe the unique role that a mentor has with a child, even outside the family relationship, being able to provide direction, advice, whatnot. Do you have any tips for our listeners who may not be involved in this program in just being an overall good human being and mentoring kids that may be in their world, right? Neighbors or even your own kids, right? Like I, as you describe this, I'm thinking, oh, I need to be a better mentor to my own kids. What suggestions do you have as part of Big Brothers Big Sisters for, for mentoring youth to become great humans? Corey, do you want to take this or you want me to? I think some of the same things that we all look for as humans, you know, someone who listens to them, someone who shows up for them. I feel like it's really kind of the simple stuff, being there for another person and, and knowing what's important to them and honoring that and supporting them in that as they kind of figure out who they are in the world. That's my initial taking. Do you have anything to add? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I think a lot of times when people think about mentoring, they think it has to be this huge boulder that you're moving, right? Or that it's this huge time commitment or some special skills or needs. And, you know, what I love about our program and mentoring in general is it's kind of those small moments that you have, right? And I'm sure we can all think back about, oh, gosh, so-and-so said this to me, and that really helped me form my perspective on this. So, you know, particular to our, our agency, I think a lot of times there's a couple of misconceptions. I think sometimes people think, oh, my gosh, I have to see this youth all the time, multiple times a week. It's going to be quite cumbersome. And we only ask for two hours twice a month for a year. So a lot of times people are like, oh, gosh, yeah, I can I can do two hours twice a month. Um, and other times I think people think that, um, they need some sort of special skills. And I'm evident I have no special skills, but I'd say I'm a good mentor. You know, so really it's just about being consistent and Corey used that word. Um, and then I think sometimes, you know, people wonder like, who are the kids and families they serve? And it's just kids and families, right? I mean, it's members in our community. Um, but I think a lot of times the two cautions people have is how much time is it going to take, two hours, twice a month. And, you know, my gosh, what do I have to do? It, we provide a lot of ideas for activities. We provide tickets to games. We get a lot of discounts because we don't want our mentors having to spend money. We want them to be able to spend time. And so we also really try and help because obviously if I set this program where there's huge barriers, we'd have like one volunteer, right? And so what we want to do is make it as flexible and as easy as possible for those mentors and adults in our community who do have time to get back. Yeah. So as you describe this, to me, it seems like there's a level of responsibility once you enter into that relationship. How, how do you prevent like I would think if it started and somebody stopped being engaged, like there's a there's trust that has to happen and there's also a level of commitment. Is there anything you're able to do to kind of help systemically ensure that the best possible success uh, by the fact we're all humans? I don't know if I'm asking that right. I may not be asking it right. <laughs> no, I understand exactly what you're getting. So yeah, I mean, I would say we, you know, our process for, let's say, Sam, if you said today, I want to be a big brother, which I'm hoping you do. I but do. But if you said you yeah. wanted to, excellent, we'll sign you up. Um, the first thing we do is bring you through an orientation, right? Because we want you to understand what are you really getting into? What questions do you have? What concerns? So we do an orientation. If someone says, sounds like a good fit, then they go through an interview with our staff. And that is really, as I mentioned, getting to know you, but also getting a sense of, okay, well, Sam says he can mentor, but you know, I'm talking to him and his schedule is so busy, I don't see where it would fit in. So sometimes even through the interview process, we're like, you know what, it's just not the right time. Um, but the thing that really makes our program unique is once you're matched with a youth, one of our professionally trained staff we call them a mentoring relationship specialist, is assigned your match. And they follow it, even me, being matched 10 years. They check in and really they're there to make sure like, hey, are you having a good experience? If you're not, what can we do about it? Um, providing a lot of coaching. What I would say typically is if we've done a good job on the match end and you know people are willing to give it time, it develops. 
Now, am I going to say that matches never end before a year? No, but we do a really good job because of all the work going into it up front and then the support that goes on. Because, you know, a lot of volunteer opportunities will say, oh, here, you know, here's this opportunity and good luck, you know, let us know if there's any problems. Whereas we actually engage in a commitment with the family and the volunteer because we're part of the relationship and we're going to do whatever it takes to make it successful, if at all possible. Well, and it's not just the big, the volunteer that's really getting this coaching about these expectations. The family is also being oriented and and going through the interview process as well. They also get the monthly calls. And so we're always checking in with all the parties of the match, the big, the little, and the parent guardian to make sure, hey, is this developing appropriately? Are we building trust? Does it feel like it's turning into a successful match? If not, how can we help? How can we support? And does everybody have really realistic expectations about what a mentoring relationship is, what the program is, and how this is all going to work together. I love how intentional all of this is. And you've learned the lessons from the founding in the early 1900s. Matt, the one thought I have as you describe all of this is sign me up for, you know, I'd love to be uh, mentored as part of the process. And before we go into a question about a shared friend that we all have, Ziegler Auto Group and Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Southwest Michigan, how can people who want to be involved either as a big brother or big sister or who may know a youth that may benefit from this program, how could they reach out to you and uh, and engage with your uh, with your company, Charity? Please visit thinkbigtoday.org. Okay. Our website is thinkbigtoday.org. When you hop on there, you can learn all about our different programs, learn about the expectations to become a volunteer or to enroll a child. You can kind of see also what we're up to in the community. Coming up in August and September, we'll have a number of different volunteer kind of recruitment events. You can come and talk to different bigs and people who are engaged with the agency as you kind of try to feel it out or learn more about what it's like or talk to people who have been there uh, before you take the plunge. So that's we have a really exciting fall uh, event series coming up and there's a lot of ways to get involved. You can become a mentor, you can recruit a mentor, you can support our work financially, or if you're not in Southwest Michigan, you can find your own local big brothers, big sisters and get involved in that way. If you're not listening in Southwest Michigan, go to bbbs.org, put your zip code in and they will connect you with your local affiliate. That's awesome. What a great nationwide uh, program. If we were able to challenge our crowd that's listening today, how many volunteers could you use right now to pair up with a student that's ready to be mentored? 100. We have uh, 100 kids ready, what we call ready to be matched. So they've been interviewed, they're excited, they're ready to go, but now we need mentors for them. I would challenge you. I would challenge you. If you're listening to this today to take that opportunity, I had the privilege of doing that for one year and it changed my life. It truly did. And I'm sure it changed the person's life that I was able to mentor for a year, but it actually changed my life too. Just being able to engage with this person and really just see them develop and grow. And like you said, it was a great time. And so I would just challenge your listeners today. If you have the time, step up, take, take the opportunity. You can help impact somebody's life tremendously. And so, Matt, is it is it true that in a lot of those relationships, what you give, you actually get back two or three times more? It makes us, you know, you think that the child is going to benefit most. But in reality, a lot of times we hear that it's the mentor that benefits, Matt. Oh, it definitely benefited me, Sam. There's no doubt. And again, I was a little nervous at the beginning. I, I was like, hey, how's this going to work? And they walked me through it and they said, hey, this is what you're going to do. Just relax, have fun, enjoy the time. And, and I did. And they gave me some things to work through. And it, it blew me away. It was transformational. And every time I walked away, and I felt so, so much fuller knowing that I was investing time and hopefully helping impact somebody's life because somebody did that for me when I was 14 years old. So I'm just trying to give back 
to what others did for me. And it, it was it was very impactful. It's something that both my wife and I did, and it's something we will not forget for sure. That's awesome. Well, and what a great need that there is. A hundred uh, youth in the in the Southwest Michigan area waiting for those mentors to appear and, and what those mentors will receive back will be an amazing experience. So Amy, Corey, we appreciate having you on the podcast today. Any closing comments or thoughts for our listening audience as they reflect on uh, helping to support Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and also making a do- donation to the Drive for Life charity? You know, no, just we're so grateful for Drive for Life support. We're so grateful for all the support we receive in the community. We're so fortunate to have many, many supporters. I guess I would just kind of pair it with Matt said, which is, you know, it's a great experience to be a mentor. We provide a lot of support. You know, the mentors usually get as much, if not more, out of it. And we need we need mentors. So I definitely encourage people to visit our website and put an inquiry in and just learn more. I think I would want to piggyback on that. And again, say thinkbigtoday.org is Big Brothers Big Sisters website, but also that kind of everyone listening to this podcast, you just by who you are and the experiences that you've had in life have helped you get to where you are. And you're basically qualified to be a mentor just by being you. And so come see what you can bring into a child's life and how you can help support our community in a new way and echo that challenge, that great challenge that Sam and Matt challenged your listeners. Yeah, Corey, we appreciate you. We appreciate you, Amy. Will we see you both at the Drive well, for Life charity yeah. event? Will you, will you be there? Yeah, we'll see. Awesome. <laughs> we look forward to seeing you there. The challenge, Matt, we appreciate you bringing it out. Be one of the 100. Let's make a positive impact in the world. And we'll see you all at the Drive for Life charity gala. Amy, Corey, Matt, Thank we appreciate you. you all being here. Thank you. A special thanks to Josh Balicki, Aaron Ziegler, the crew from Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southwest Michigan, and Matt Thomas for contributing to this week's podcast episode. Until next week, how are you driving vision today?